Joey is the author of the book, Faith is Not Blind, which you can pick up on Amazon.com. A great book about loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And uh, he's also a chaplain in the United States Army. He's also an ordained Anglican priest, and he's a good friend and partner in the gospel. So, Joey, I know it's been a little bit of a challenge here, but thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. It's a privilege, So today we're going to be discussing the the Christian observance of Lent. And I'm excited for myself as much as anybody on this because I am am maybe at square one with my understanding of of Lent, but it's something that my wife observed last year and uh, I'm planning on observing it this year. So maybe help us out. Today is actually Mardi Gras, which most Americans have heard of, although they probably don't know that it's actually got uh, religious roots. So could you just give us a quick overview of the liturgical calendar, Mardi Gras, Lent? How does this all fit in? Sure, sure. Uh, so Mardi Gras is, uh, is French uh, for uh, Tuesday, basically. It's a day in which uh, people knew that Ash Wednesday was coming and Lent was coming. Lent's a time of fasting. And so Tuesday they would eat their meat, their eggs, and their dinner. Uh, they'd eat up what they had because they weren't going to during Lent. And so that's how it became Fat Tuesday. It's obviously a celebratory day. You're eating all of your great food. Um, so that, that's where Mar- Mardi Gras came from. But the church calendar as a whole goes from uh, Advent, which is the very beginning, or the time before Christmas, um, up to Christmas and Epiphany. Epiphany was one of the two really big feast days in the early church. Uh, Epiphany is 12 Christmas, hence 12 Days of Christmas. You all, you all, by the way, had a great episode on Advent. I urge folks to, uh, to check that out. Um, and then next big feast day is Easter. And like Epiphany and Christmas have a preparatory time, Advent, we have a preparation time for Easter, which is Lent. Uh, Lent is 40 days of fasting prior to Easter Sunday. Uh, if you count the days from tomorrow, Ash Wednesday, until Easter, you're, you're going to come up with more than 40. And that's... Sundays don't count. Sundays are always a feast day because the Lord rose on the first day of the week. So you can break your fast on Sundays, uh, at least in Western tradition. Um, but Lent is meant to prepare you for that big feast day, to get ready to celebrate the resurrection of the Lord. And just like the gospel is less significant if you don't understand what Jesus saved us from, uh, what he paid the price for, what his becoming king was such a big deal about, Easter isn't as big of a deal if we don't remember uh, and take time to remember why we're celebrating that feast. And so uh, in the earliest church records we have, uh, Ash Wednesday, I mean, uh, Lent was not 40 days, it was three. Um, but as you, we know in the scriptures, we see that there are several 40-day significant spiritual events. Um, Moses, mountain, uh, fasting 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus in the wilderness, and there's 40 days resurrection. So the church recognizing that the significant 40 days uh, moved to a 40-day fast leading up to the celebration of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. Yeah, like I mentioned before, and you and I had a conversation last year on our podcast um, about high church and low church. And as someone who has never been exposed to the high church, either the uh, Eastern Orthodox tradition or the Anglican tradition or the Roman Catholic tradition, 
Um, the idea of a liturgical calendar is actually something I did not become familiar with until just um, a few years ago. Um, but like you talked about there, you mentioned that it's hard for us to really enter into and celebrate Easter in its in its fullness without this time of preparation. Can you say a little bit about um, why the church has a tr- a traditional liturgical calendar and how over the centuries it's it's helped enrich the um, the worship and the discipleship of the followers of Jesus? What's the advantage of of following the liturgical calendar if someone is completely unfamiliar with it? It's a great question, uh, and most people, when they look at it and they hear about it, it sounds very foreign to them. Um, but just like the New Testament is rooted in the Old Testament, uh, the church is rooted in the practices of uh, God's chosen people, Israel, before the coming of Messiah. And uh, we see in the Old Testament all these different feasts uh, and facts that they had. And so the church wanted to continue to embrace something that had been ordained by God for his people uh, in the past. Um, but in a way that was applicable specifically to uh, the new covenant, to the coming of Jesus Christ, uh, to the understanding we have of who he is and what he has done. So what they did was uh, our principal feast days of Easter and Epiphany uh, became kind of like a, a ro- the central feast days that the calendar rotates around. And it's, it's a rhythm. And the rhythm, in, in many ways, the life of Jesus. So why does it start with Advent? Well, that's it's about to be born. Um, there's proclamation to Mary, to Joseph, uh, to the wise men um, that leads up to his birth and the epiphany, the revelation of Jesus to the world. Uh, then he has his ministry. And if you follow church calendar, you probably also follow a lectionary readings in the Bible that will go through mostly the life and parables of Jesus leading up to Lent. Uh, when he's coming, uh, he's coming into Jerusalem, he's getting ready to fulfill what he came to the earth to do. Uh, the crucifixion, the resurrection, and then it, it's a celebratory time. Easter is a uh, multi-week um, celebration, and then that goes into uh, after Trinity or Pentecost, ordinary time, in which you go through a lot of the epistles uh, and read about in Acts and how the church grew. And so they put the calendar together to remind us of the church's life. Uh, our lives tend to be driven so much by our own individual lives and schedules, and we get so focused upon the temporal. But the church calendar helps us to remember the eternal, the works of God and history and what he has done through Jesus Christ. And I think that's one of the greatest benefits is it takes us a little bit out of ourselves and our parochial settings and allows us instead to reflect uh, and spend time upon the most important things, the eternal work of God in Christ. Yeah, yeah, we did— um... You know, I mentioned, you mentioned Advent, and I mentioned that I had just become exposed to this idea of a, a liturgical calendar a few years back, and it was really through Advent and uh, beginning to do that with our, our kids leading up to Christmas. And that really was the, the big motivation for us initially was just we wanted, we wanted Christmas to be about Jesus. We didn't want it right. to be about the commercialism. I mean, we're not hardcore about not watching Christmas movies. We, we have a Christmas tree, just full disclosure. Uh, we do we do Christmas presents on Christmas morning, but in the weeks leading up to uh, Christmas itself, we really did want to have a focus on Jesus, and especially for our kids and helping them experience that. And what what you're saying, I think, fits right in with that. With Lent, it's the same thing, but moving towards Easter. Um, and Easter for the Christian is actually our high holy day. Uh, you know, much more so than than Christmas when Jesus came to the earth. Uh, Easter is 
the celebration of the fulfillment of these promises that that Jesus would be the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the of the world. Right. Um, and and it really it sounds like what what's observing things like Lent and Advent can help us do is have a three dimensional um, discipleship or approach to our faith, where it's not just something that's in our in our heads as we think about Easter or Christmas, but we're living out um, day by day the the observance of of Easter and Christmas through Lent and Advent. So um, let me let me shift there and just say if someone has never celebrated Lent before, um, how would you suggest that they get started or are there some resources that, that they can get more familiar with it? Sure, absolutely. Um, so Lent is a time of, of fasting, of penitential preparation. Um, and uh, historically, in the Old Testament, the church, fasting meant giving up food. Um, so you gave up food or maybe you uh, gave up a specific drink, uh, maybe you gave up wine. Um, and that has become much more diverse uh, in recent history. So the, the reason why it was food is twofold. One, it matters to give up food. Yes, like it, it does. It matters. You miss it when you don't eat at a time you normally eat. You're reminded, your body reminds you that something is missing. And so the act of giving up food itself is a reminder to us of the provision of God, that he has provided this food for us. And so it's the opportunity to be thankful. What I don't want people to think is that, uh, and I, there's a caricature, I think, that you know, Lent and fasting is like trying to prove something to God by giving, giving it up. We, we can't earn anything from God. We can't prove anything to him. Um, we can make a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. And so when we're hungry, we're reminded to praise God for the food that he's provided for us. Um, the other thing we should do is at that time we would be doing food preparation or eating our food, we should do something particularly for God or for his people or, or in service to him. And so that can be prayer, uh, that can be worship, or that can be acts of service or evangelism to others. Now, if you've never done Lent before, th that sounds probably pretty scary. Like to go without a meal a day or uh, to, and then to go and use that time for some you know, spiritual religious thing uh, that I haven't done before, that may sound overwhelming. And so uh, in modern times, a lot, of, a lot of folks have chosen to give up something else besides food. Um, maybe they give up, like, but it has to be important to them. So uh, maybe video games social media, um, yeah. uh, alcohol, chocolate, less, those are lesser fasts, but it's still deliberately doing something that by, by doing so reminds me of how much God has done for me. Uh, remind me of why I'm doing this in the first place. I'm looking forward to the resurrection and it helps get my mindset in the right place. And so choose something that's important enough to you, uh, that give, you'll notice giving it up and try to give that up for those 40 days uh, minus the Sundays and then take that time that you would have used with that and read your Bible, pray, uh, encourage a friend, um, go do an act of service to the local organization. Um, the, the, the options are, are huge. It's not intended to be legalistic. You must do these specific things, these specific ways. Uh, it's a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to God uh, and honoring him for what he's done for us. So, Joey, let me ask you, um, like I said, this is going to be my first year observing Lent, which, again, for those of, of our listeners uh, or those watching this live who who might not be familiar, it starts tomorrow. So tomorrow is the, the first day of Lent, Ash Wednesday. 
And then, as Joey was saying, it leads up from tomorrow all the way through up to Easter. Um, I've never done this before, so I'll just share with folks that uh, my wife told me that the, the, the first thing that you should give up is, is the first thing that comes to your mind. Basically, the thing that you don't want to give up. This is a little embarrassing, but alcohol is the first thing that came to my mind because I, I like beer. I, I don't drink to excess, but it is something that I enjoy, and I will definitely, um, you know, that'll be something that I'm giving up. Uh, between now and Easter, but you might do you mind sharing with our our listeners what what you intend to give up? Is it food? Is it something else? Well, I wish there was more variety because I'm giving up uh, my evening cocktail uh, is what I'm going to give up. Okay. Um, after I put the kids to bed, uh, the little kids to bed, I usually have uh, an old fashioned in the evening, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give that up. Uh, and instead, I'm going to take that time uh, and I'm going to read. Um, and specifically, right now, I've begun, uh, begun reading and continue to read a uh, book of the life of Thomas Oden. He's a, a theologian, Methodist theologian, who uh, passed away a few years ago. Um, and uh, he had, because it talks about his transition from being someone who was labeled a Christian to someone who was being a Christ follower uh, in word and deed. Um, you, you asked a little earlier about resources. So I'm going to show something. It's just a couple of screenshots, not the actual product. But uh, this is uh, from Modern Liturgic. I do not get uh, any kickbacks from any purchases of their materials, but they make a liturgical calendar, and you can see on one side it has uh, the circle, that's a liturgical year, kind of described as a cycle, uh, and then the other side are, uh, during those liturgical seasons, they'll highlight a saint, they'll talk about the importance of that liturgical season and some historical uh, practices that went with it. Uh, and so that's one resource that uh, people can use. Um, Ash Wednesday tomorrow, um, if you can catch an Ash Wednesday service, I'd encourage you to do it. Uh, the ashes are not meant as a an outward sign to everyone that you're fasting and they should feel sorry for you. Um, that would be kind of in contradiction to what Jesus says. Uh, instead, the ashes are a reminder. When the ashes are placed upon the person's forehead, uh, the celebrant says, Remember, O oh man, that you are but dust, and to dust you shall return. And it's just that reminder to break away from our temporal mindset uh, into an eternal mindset of thankfulness uh, toward the Lord and seeking you know, to do his will. Yeah, m- mention again the name of that resource that you just held up. Uh, modernliturgic.com is the name of the Perfect. company that makes Perfect. And uh, we're going to go ahead and take this audio. The, unfortunately, we were hoping to do this live split screen on Facebook, but Facebook no longer allows that, which we learned when we tried to do it earlier. Uh, the bad thing about that is the Instagram live um, stream only lasts for 24 hours, but we're going to take this audio and we will put it out over our podcast as well so that folks can can um, listen to it if they're not able to catch this over the next 24 hours. And also we'll have uh, resources like that in the in the show notes so people can go. I think that would be um, that would be that would be ideal. And something you said there reminded me, sometimes growing up again, as I did in in the, the South, the Bible Belt, I, I think there was one small um, Catholic church in the county that, that I knew of, that I grew up in. Everything else was, was Protestant, Baptist, Methodist, um, and certainly no Eastern Orthodox or Anglicans uh, in my county. And so there was almost a distrust or... Um, well, well, celebrating Advent, that's weird. Or celebrating Lent, that's, that's strange. That's what the Catholics do. Uh, we don't do that because we're a, a better form of Christian. 
Right. Uh, I don't know. That, that was never said, but that was right. definitely the attitude that kind of came across. But really what you're talking about is all throughout the scriptures. And, and it, you're right. It does go back to the people of God, Israel, and how God would institute, you know, three times a year they were required to go up, make a journey to Jerusalem, which was a multi-week yeah. endeavor. Um, mm-hmm. And the point was to remember and to be called yeah. back to who they really are, to who God is, yeah. to to the high calling that he had on their lives. And so things like Lent and Advent, um, I'm beginning to see them more as opportunities to step out of the everyday grind of life and be reminded of of who I really am in Jesus, who, who he is, what he has done, um, so that I can live life with that perspective. So it's something I'm looking forward to doing this year. Absolutely. That, that's the attitude that we, we want to have, um, to not be too turned off by just a, a tradition that we have uh, that automatically excludes another practice that for centuries uh, the people of God followed. So I, I'm encouraged that more and more people are identifying uh, the benefits of what the Holy Spirit has done through the generations that came before us. And uh, I'm glad to continue to be a part of it and help others connect with that as well. Yeah, so if you are not Anglican like Joey, if you're not if you're not from that particular Christian a tradition or, or Catholic, you can still observe Lent. Um, and it's starting tomorrow, so you have time to do that. Um, definitely check out this this website that Joey mentioned. Again, it will be in the notes um, for this, partic- uh, this particular podcast episode. Um, and Joey, I, I really appreciate you joining us and making time. I know you're in the middle of your work day right now, so thanks for making it happen, man. Absolutely. Thanks, Andrew. God bless you, brother. Take care, man. Thanks for being part of our community. If you find this podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you happen to listen to it. You can share it on social media with your friends. Or you can support it directly by visiting our website, intotheharvest.org, clicking on the donate link, and becoming a monthly giving partner. When you do this, you'll receive a thank you package with some great ITH gear. Thank you for supporting the show and helping our small team make a big difference for Jesus. It's listeners like you that make this ministry possible.